please stand with me for the reading of the word? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. This is the word of the Lord. Say it with me. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Well, it's so good to be with you this morning. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, I'm Pastor Travis. I'm pastor to youth and young adults, and uh, I've recently accepted a position at Vincennes First Church of the Nazarene. And so this is actually will be my last Sunday here with you, um, and then we'll be transitioning and we'll be starting there December 8th. And uh, just, so just wanted to mention that just to bring it up and just let you know just as I begin, I love you. I, I'm so thankful for all the time I've got to spend here with you. This is a great congregation, a great church, so many spirit-filled people. And um, I, I just, I really love you. You guys will always have a place in my heart. Um, thankfully, I have a lot of family here, so I will still continue to be around occasionally and I will see you and I just can't wait to see all the things God has in store for this church. And I don't know if you remembered, but last week um, we started praying together uh, at seven, on the 7s, 7 o'clock in the morning and 7 at night for what God might have in store for our church. We've been praying together. And I'm, I want you to know I'm going to continue to do that through the end of the month because I really am excited about the days ahead. I really am. I'm excited. I think God has some great things in store, not just um, for this church, but for each of you individually, that God has a plan. God has some great things he wants to do. And that's actually where this series um, that we're in, New Horizons, that's where that has come from. It's the idea that although we all face times that are difficult and challenging, there's a new horizon that God has for us. There are new things. And God wants to do some things in your life in my life and in the life of this church and in this community surrounding us as well. If you believe that, would you say amen? Amen. God wants to do some things. And so um, as I prepared, I thought, what message, what message might God have for us today? Thinking about that, thinking about these new horizons. And that is, that's really where I fell on this passage um, about sowing and reaping from Galatians. It's, it's something that God put on my heart over a year ago. I've been soaking in it. So youth, you've heard some of this message before. My young adult small group has heard some of this message before. But I thought today, this is just where God has led me. He's put this on my heart, and I want to share it with you because what, what I believe is that God has a new horizon for us as a church, as individuals. He's got new things he wants to do. But I would say this. God's not just going to zap us or just snap his fingers and make it happen. How does God work? Let's think about this. How does God work in this world? Well, Jesus said before he ascended into heaven, he said, wait until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And actually, before he was crucified, he said, it's actually going to be better for you that I die, okay, so that the Holy Spirit can come and be with you. It's going to be better Let's say better. 
better. It's going to be better that Jesus isn't here because he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And what he did and what the whole plan was, instead of Jesus doing the ministry, it's going to be the church is going to become Jesus' body. Think about this. The church is going to become Jesus' body, his flesh. We are going to be his hands and feet, doing what he would do on the earth. That's the plan. And yet, God does not force us to do things. And so, while there's a new horizon God has, he's not just going to snap his fingers and make it happen. It's going to happen through us. Think about that. God's plan for Columbus, Indiana, and for Bartholomew County God's plan for saving souls, for reaching the lost, right, for, for healing the sick, for reaching out, is not just God going and zapping people, but it's God raising up his church and working in and through them. We have a big responsibility. We're a big part of this. We're his hands and feet. And so this passage really talks about that and ties that in. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So as Regina shared the passage with us, um, it, 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 it's, it's taking something we're familiar with, being in an agricultural community, right, with something we're familiar with, planting, okay, and harvesting. That's what sowing and reaping is. It's planting and harvesting, and it makes this an analogy for spiritual life and for life in general. It's not just spiritual life, but it's life in general. There are some principles in here that apply to you and me, um, big time. So just as we begin, what it does is this this story basically takes all of life and makes it a field. So that's what I want you to think about today. This, th this story about sowing and reaping, what we're learning today, I want you to consider your life a field. My life is a field. And while I have my own section of land, it's not really independent because it's surrounded by other land. And, and, and my life can be impacted by your life just like your life can be impacted by mine. And this church is a field, right? Our, our communities are a field. And, 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 and there are things that need to be planted and there are things that are going to be harvested. So, th so that's the picture I want you to have. Think of your life, your moments, your day-to-day -day as a field, and then we'll get to the first point, okay? And here it is. The very first thing we're going to talk about. There's just five principles from this passage we're going to hit on today. The first is this. You and I are always sowing and reaping. You and I are always sowing and reaping. Or again, you could say, we don't use those words too much anymore. You and I are always planting and we're always harvesting. We're always planting and we're always harvesting. And, and, and the sowing, let's, let's talk about that for a moment, the sowing or the planting. That's not optional, okay? It, this is where it gets a little different from a farmer. A farmer has to go out and plant some seeds, right, in order for him to receive a crop. But you and I are constantly sowing something or planting something in our lives that we're going to reap later. You can't avoid it. That no matter what you do, you're planting something that you're going to reap later. Think about this. If you go, and, and you're supposed to do some work, but you say, you know what, I'm not going to do anything today. I'm not going to sow anything. I'm just going to sit at home today, and I'm just going to lay down. I'm not even going to turn on the TV. I'm just going to lay in bed. You're sowing something. You know what you're sowing? You're sowing indifference, and you know what you're going to reap? Being behind tomorrow. All those things you had to do are still going to be there tomorrow. When you say, you know what, I'm not going to do the laundry, that's fine. It's not going to do itself, though. And tomorrow you're going to wake up with one more thing on your to-do list. You're always sowing. When you pray, you're sowing something. 
You're doing something. You're making a difference. The attitudes you have and take places with you, think about this, you're sowing something. All, everything that you do, you're sowing something that you're gonna reap later. And see, this is the second part. We're not just always sowing, but we're always reaping, always. Think about this. I, 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 as I was preparing this week, I was just sitting and thinking about the fact that no day stands alone. Have you ever thought about that? No day stands alone. It's not like there's just this day and it wasn't impacted by previous days. No, that never happens. Every day is impacted by previous decisions that we've made. Sometimes you dread going to work uh, on a certain day, but it's normally because something that happened yesterday, right? Sometimes you wake up and you need to shave. That's because you didn't shave yesterday. This is my personal testimony, right? I mean, th these things happen all the time, but every day is impacted by the previous day. It's always that way. Even think about why you're here today. Why are you here today? For most of us, we didn't just wake up this morning and say, I think I'll go to church this morning having not been impacted. No, there's been, actually many of you probably were raised in church. Right? You had a parent that brought you to church. And they sowed something continually into your life of bringing you to church. And you put your faith in Christ and you've continued going to church and you continue being there because it's not just something that you're sowing, it's also something that you're reaping. You're impacted by the past. When you get a promotion in a job that doesn't happen in a moment, it's because you've been working up to that point. Every day we're reaping something we've sown previously and we're sowing something we're going to reap later. Okay? That's the first point. This leads to the next, next thing though. While I said you're always sowing, the good thing is you and I get to choose what we sow. We get to choose. We have a choice. We have a choice into what we're going to put into our field, and we have a choice on what we're going to harvest, right? I mean, we get to be active in this, and Galatians 6.8 says it like this. Whoever sows to please their flesh, or whoever sows to please the Spirit, meaning life isn't just happening to us. We actually have a say in what we're going to reap later. Now, we don't control every circumstance. Of course, of course not. People, people do things that impact us, of course. But you and I are not just being attacked by life. We're actually sowing something. We get to make a choice today. What am I gonna make important? What am I gonna put in my life? What am I gonna sow into my kid's life? What am I gonna sow into my workplace? What am I gonna sow into my church? We get a choice. And this, this passage lays it out like this. You and I can either sow to please the flesh or we can sow to please the spirit. We can sow to please the flesh ourselves or we can sow to please the spirit. So the flesh would be, I'm gonna do those things that most bring me satisfaction now. And let me tell you, those, are the, those things may be fun in planting but they're not fun in reaping, right? I mean, I can remember, um, you know, when I first went, away to college, uh, right out of high school, uh, I went to Olivet Nazarene University. And I got there, and uh, I gotta tell you, I, I didn't have any goals in life. That was a bad, don't go to college if you don't have any goals in life, but I had none. And I went to college, and I remembered, I thought it would be more fun to play uh, ping pong with my friend than go to class. Yeah, 
I thought that would be more fun. And you know what? It was more fun because class was boring, you know? But here's the thing. It turns out if you skip class, now I didn't know this, but this, teenagers, this is important for you to know. It turns out if you skip class, they don't take that off your bill. Can you believe that? I was like, they, they never, uh, the, I never even heard anything. I didn't learn anything. Well, it turns out they actually, it doesn't matter if you go or not. Like, because once you pay for it, you just have to pay for it. And so that stuff I had to keep paying for, even though I never went. It's a scam. But, and you know what? To be honest with you, I'm reaping that today because I'm still in school. I'm still in school. I'm going to go home today, and you guys are all going to kick your feet up and watch football. And so am I, with a computer on my lap, typing discussions. Because I'm still finishing college. Because I'm reaping what I've sowed. I sowed to please my flesh. What's going to be most enjoyable for me right now in this moment, that's what I'm going to do. And I lived that way for a long time. And let me tell you, living that way can be fun up front, but you're planting all those seeds. And you're going to reap them later. Like, you're going to reap them later. So we can sow to please ourselves. And that can lead down a whole lot of areas of hurt, right? You know, the school joke is kind of funny. It's not funny when I still make that little payment, you know, that still have to make for that one little semester loan. It's not fun when I do that. But it can be a lot more serious because when we sow to please our, our flesh, haven't you seen those things where I just, I'm going to live to please myself and, and what grows up after those seeds are planted, tear apart families, tear apart marriages, tear apart relationships. In fact, sometimes the things we plant, like I'm going to sow to please myself, it can grow into an addiction, right? Where now this thing controls me and now I'm really reaping what I've sown because the thing I initially went into for fun now controls me. You choose what you sow. But you can also sow to the Spirit, meaning I'm going to do those things that please the Lord. I'm going to choose those things that bring honor to God and please Him. And what I've found is when you sow to the Spirit, not only does it bring God joy, but it brings me joy. Like when I do those things, like I sow to the Spirit, and sometimes it's hard up front because sometimes Let's just be honest, God asks us to do things that aren't the easiest thing to do, right? Sometimes we have to do things that maybe it's like, I, this won't bring me the most pleasure up front. But what you find is when you sow to the Spirit, you begin to reap the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You begin to reap these things in your life and, and you know, what are people looking for? Love, joy, peace. How do they look for those things? By saying, what can, I, what can I sow to please myself? What can I do to get love? What can I do to bring myself peace? What can I do to bring myself joy? But the way it works in the kingdom is opposite. It's when we sow and give our lives to God to please God, he begins to bring those things that our heart desires most. So you get to choose what you sow. Be careful about this. Don't Just because something would bring you the most pleasure up front, ask yourself this question. Would this please the Lord? Would this break God's heart? I'm going to tell you, I promise you, no matter how much fun or pleasure something will bring you up front, if it's something 
that breaks God's heart, if it's something that's not pleasing to God and you continue to sow that in your life, it may be fun up front, but you won't enjoy what you reap later. Because the third point is this, you and I, we will always, always reap what we sow. Always. You're always going to reap what you sow. Or in other words, you're always going to harvest what you plant. Whatever you put in the ground, that's what's going to come out. I mean, if you plant, if you put a tomato seed in the ground, what are you going to get? You're going to get a tomato plant, right? Unless you're like me. If you're like me, probably nothing. You just have dirt. But I'm not, a good, I'm not very good at that kind of stuff. I kill plants. My wife's good, though. And, and if you plant tomato plants, you know, that, all these things, if you, whatever you plant, that's what you're going to get. What you put in the ground, you're going to reap what you sow. And that's why this passage says so clearly right at the beginning, if you look at that with me, it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Think about this. He says, don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. Meaning, you're not going to be able to pull a fast one on your creator. You can't do it. You, 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 you could have some things in your life that you know you shouldn't be doing, and you can sow them, you can plant these things so secretly that no one else can see. But the problem is, it doesn't matter how secretly you sow the seed, once it's in the ground, it grows. Right? Once it's in the ground, it grows. I could tell you in my own life how secret habits began to grow up in my life and change me in ways I didn't like. I could tell you stories about that. I'm sure you've experienced things as well where you hide something and you put it in the ground and you don't ever want anything bad to come out of it. But I'm going to tell you, God will not be mocked. God knows. The scripture says your sins will find you out. You will reap what you sow. But I want you to know whether or not the, the principle of reaping and, and sowing brings us sorrow or joy is all based upon what we plant. It's all based upon what we plant. You know, I, this messages like this used to scare me in some ways because I knew I'd been putting some things in my life that I didn't want to reap. But, and, and we've all done that. We've all planted things in our lives and done things. It's like, I don't, ever, I don't want to reap the consequences of that, but unfortunately I'm going to. And, and, and God, who is gracious and willing to forgive, doesn't always remove all the consequences of sin. And we know that, right? I mean, he removes the penalty, but, but someone who has um, cheated on their wife, God will forgive you, but it's hard to rebuild that trust, isn't it? You're going to reap there for a while. It's, it's going to be hard to mend those things. So I've done this, and so messages like this used to scare me, but here's the thing, what I want you to get. God doesn't want messages about sowing and reaping to scare you. He wants them to encourage you. What do you, what do you mean? Because you're going to reap what you sow. When you get in God's word and spend time, when you get on your knees in prayer, when you reach out to make a difference for someone else, you're gonna reap what you sow. When you sow to please the Spirit, you're gonna reap the fruit of the Spirit. You're gonna get what you sow. God's gonna be faithful. And see, sometimes in, in planting and harvesting, it takes a while, but God's gonna be faithful. 
God's going to come through. He wants these things to encourage us. And so today, I want us to think about four different areas about where you and I, each one of us is sowing and we're reaping, okay? I want us to think about this for a moment. The first one is this, personally. Personally. You and I are sowing things and we're reaping things personally. I mean, it may have to do with our own spiritual walk. It may have to do with our own decisions we're making. It's not so much about other people, but it's personally you and I are sowing and reaping. But then let's take it a little broader, family. Think about your family sphere, okay? You and I are, are sowing things into our family. The people we live with, the people are in our extended family, we're sowing things and we're going to reap things there. Let's take it a little further. Your workplace, or if you're, not a, if, if you're in school, your school. There's a culture there, and you and I are contributing. We're sowing there constantly, and we're going to reap. And then finally, let's talk about church. There's a fourth area. This church is not independent of each one of us. We make up the church. We're all sowing things here that we're all going to reap. And so here's, here's I want to stop here for a moment. I want us to think about this. You and I are major contributors, major contributors to the culture that we have in our family, in our work, and in our church. We are. Every day when I show up to work, I'm contributing to the culture there. I am. Every day. Uh, sometimes people will complain about like, whoa, don't, if you work there, it's toxic. Why is it toxic to work at this place? It's not, it's not the job. It's because the people there are sowing things that make it a toxic work environment. And I'm a contributor, right? I'm a part of that. I have a responsibility. Pastor Brian would, you, would be heard saying often in staff meetings, and you may, he may have told you this as well, when there's a fire, you can either go to it with gasoline or water, right? So if you feel like your workplace is a dumpster fire, okay, some of us have felt like that before, you can either show up every day and pour gas on it with your conversations, with your attitudes, with your demeanor, with the way you treat people, or you can pour water on it. Right? By your attitudes, by your demeanor, by showing grace, by showing love. Because these cultures aren't outside of us. We're sowing into them every day. Our church, we're sowing into them. So think about this with me for a moment. You want to have a better work environment? Be friendly. Don't gossip. Encourage other people. Show grace. Show forgiveness. Don't hold grudges. Now, I'm, I'm, I will say this. You may not be able to change everything, but you can be a bright spot. You may not be able to change the whole field, but you could plant a few flowers that at least make it look a little bit nicer. You may not be able to change everything, but you're a contributor. You and I are contributing. Do you want to be part of a church that reaches the lost? I think we'd all say, yeah, I want that. Well, you know what? What, what am I doing? See, this is where the sowing and reaping gets personal because instead of me looking and saying, what are other people doing? It's like, well, what am I doing? If I want to be a church that reaches people, how can I connect with my neighbors? How can I connect with my coworkers? You know, if I want to reach the lost, what am I doing to reach out to somebody who doesn't have a Christian faith? Do I invite people over? Uh, do, do I invite people to church? And, and if I begin to do those things, I begin to make the church, the place I want it to be. Because I'm sowing into it things that I'm going to reap later. 
Now, uh, you, you know, it may not get there immediately, but if I want this church to be a praying church, I want us to pray more, right? If I want this church to be a church um, that goes out and makes a difference in the community, I can begin sowing those things and doing those things now. See, you and I are not just reaping when we go to work, we're sowing. We're not just reaping when we go to church, we're sowing. We're creating a culture. I, I saw this post on Facebook the other day that really just summed, it, uh, summed up the point I'm trying to make so well. It was talking about politics, and, and you know, Facebook, I mean, some, I, I, part of me just wants to get off there whenever election cycle comes around because it just gets so nasty and people just talk and talk and talk and talk. And one person posted just this little thing talking about that, how, how bad it gets because everybody's so concerned about who you're gonna vote for. But the premise that this person posted was this. We're so concerned about who everybody's gonna vote for, but every day you and I vote for what kind of world we wanna live in. Every day, every single day we vote for what kind of world we want. Every day you're voting by the way you live, by what you sow, what kind of workplace you wanna work in. Every day you're voting for what kind of church you wanna have. You're voting for what kind of family you wanna have by the way you live, by what you sow. You're putting things there that really can make a difference. They really can. And so this is, this is where I wanna encourage you to think about this. We are the church. Let's go back to what we talked about at the beginning. We are the hands and feet in this world. In this world, Jesus said we're going to have trouble. But he has overcome the world, and he has called the church to be the solution in this world. We're the salt. We're the light. So when we go to work and it, things are not good, we can at least begin to sow things there that will begin to change the culture. I'm telling you, you, you may not be able to change it totally, but God will always reward you because God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. And this leads to the next point. You're not just gonna reap what you sow. You're going to reap more than you sow. Let's think about this for a minute. You're gonna reap more than you sow. An acorn starts off as an acorn, but it grows into a tree that produces many, many acorns, right? A tomato seed doesn't just produce one tomato. It produces a plant that produces many, many, many tomatoes. I mean, the things we're doing, they're going to be multiplied. And again, this, this is in a good way or it can be in a bad way, right? I mean, when you look at, when you look at, Statistics, I'm going to start with the negative just to give you a picture. When you look at statistics of, of homes where children grow up, where fathers just don't take their responsibility seriously. I mean, when you look at that, they, they give up their responsibility. They say, I'm not going to take this seriously to, to parent my child. Well, those children end up making up the majority of all runaway youth, of children with behavioral disorders, of high school dropouts, and of kids in, in juvenile detention. Because, unfortunately, that father is sown into their life. You don't have to take responsibility for things. You don't, just because you're supposed to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. And they begin to reap that. Now, as the church, I believe, again, this is an area where we can be part of the solution, right? By reaching out to those families and reaching out to people and helping them find a, a good father figure. Um, 
But it's just true, and, I, and there's tons of statistics we could pull from, tons. I just pulled this just to give us a glimpse of the fact that you don't just reap what you sow, right? Like a father who leaves and, and abandons his, his duty to parent doesn't just reap the fact that he doesn't have his kids in his life anymore, but it multiplies. You reap more than you sow. But it's true in a positive light as well. We're gonna reap more than we sow. One prayer prayed can make an impact well beyond just those few moments in prayer. I mean, God can answer powerfully. I mean, God can do amazing things. In fact, li- listen to this. This was, this was amazing. My, my grand, and I may have shared this before, but if I did, I'm sharing it again. My grandfather, um, my grandpa Holm, right before he passed away, um, just a few weeks before he had, well, before he got sick, he had called the, the family to fast for my niece. My niece is Addie, and um, she, she's just so sweet and beautiful, but she was born with severely clubbed feet. And the doctors told her, there's a good chance you're never going to walk. She's never going to walk. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do all these surgeries. And, and Grandpa would call the family to pray and fast that Addie would walk. I can remember he called me up one day and he said, we need to fast for Addie. We need to pray for Addie. We need, to, we need to pray for this girl. She's so young at the time, and she was having so many surgeries, probably more surgeries than just about everybody in this room. And uh, we prayed, and we would pray, and we would fast. And Grandpa, for I think it was over a year, he fasted every Monday for Addie. I may not be able to say this without tearing up, but I'm going to try. Well, it was right after my Grandpa passed that uh, the family gathered together in the basement of our house, and all the family was up because the funeral, and there Addie was, and it was in those moments that Addie's, Addie took her first steps unassisted. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. And I believe it's because my grandpa prayed fervently, and we talked about that last week, didn't we? How when a, when a righteous person prays, the Lord hears, and he answers, and he moves. And she's still reaping every day the fact that she can walk from prayers that were prayed by my grandpa and weren't answered until he went on home to heaven. I'm telling you, you're going to reap what you sow, and you're going to reap more than you sow. There's a quote that puts it like this. You can count the apples on a tree, but who can count the apples in a seed? The evangelist Dwight Moody said that. In one seed could be countless, countless answers to prayer. Could be countless amazing things. You, you, you can count the apples or the seeds in an apple, but you can never count the apples in a seed because if that's planted, it could produce trees. It could produce so many different things. And you know, in this room, many of you, many of you may have no idea who the first person in your family was that became a Christian. You may not know. As I thought about it in my family, I, I couldn't tell you who was the first person generationally who became a Christian. It may go back generations. But you know what? I thought about that. Somewhere up my family tree, there was somebody who wanted to see people come to know Jesus and witnessed to that person. Way up my family tree, and I'm reaping the benefits of that. 
That one seed that was planted, when my ancestor accepted Christ, has impacted my grandparents, my parents, myself, my children, my grandkids eventually. I mean, that's how God works. What you're going to reap what you sowed, but you're going to reap more. God is doing amazing things, and he is capable of more than we could ever imagine. Really. I believe, do you believe that this morning? And so here's the fifth thing, fifth principle I want to talk about. You're going to reap what you sow. You're going to reap more than you sow. God's faithful. But results begin below the surface. If it's like planting and if it's like harvesting, then that seed's underground, sometimes for quite a while before we even begin to see the beginning signs of growth. And even after we see the beginning signs of growth, I mean, it could be years before that tree produces fruit that we can eat. It could be years before it grows enough for that to happen. Or, or that plant, it's going to take a long time before even the fruit begins to bud. And that's why in verse 9 it says this, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now I'll tell you, it wouldn't need to put this in there if we immediately saw the results. If we immediately saw the results, none of us would grow weary in doing good. We really wouldn't. You know, I don't like planting, but I don't really like planting tomatoes and stuff like that, but I love to eat tomatoes. Anybody else love to eat tomatoes? But here's the reason I don't like to plant them, because when you plant them, it takes time. You've got to water these things. You've got to weed them. You've got to make sure that they're, they're getting enough sunlight. I mean, you've got to take care of these things. You've got to do all this work. Now, I can guarantee you, I guarantee you, I promise you, if all I had to do to get a tomato plant was just put the seed in the ground, I mean, I'd be a gardener. If it just popped up, I would garden. I would go home and garden today and pick up some bacon on the way home and have a BLT, amen? Right? That's what I would do because I love fresh tomatoes. But the problem is there's a time period in between of the planting and the harvesting. And that's true in our lives. And sometimes those seasons can feel extremely long. And so the, our tendency at time can be to give up. You know, my, my, uh, my last, the pastor at the last church I attended, he, he told a story about how he prayed for years, decades, for his father's salvation. Decades. His father wasn't a Christian. His, his family brought him to church. And, and, and his, his extended family brought my pastor to church, and he got saved. And there's a story right there about how you not only reap what you sow, but you reap more than you sow, because now how many people's lives has that pastor influenced? He was an evangelist for years, and now he's a pastor. But he prayed all over and over and over, constantly, he prayed for his father's salvation. And it would have been real easy to give up. After 10 years, after 20 years, after 30 years, and you're praying for your dad and nothing's happened. It would have been real easy to give up, but he didn't. And his father ended up becoming a Christian in the later years of his life. God answered. God moved. But you and I, listen, we can be tempted to give up. And this is the challenge for us all. 
we've got to not just sow those things, but we've got to continue to do them. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. You're not seeing the results yet. That's okay. If you keep doing those things that God's called you to do, it'll make a difference. I mean, for instance, some of us may say, I want to be closer to God spiritually. I, I just want to be closer to God. You know, I, I feel like my walk with God, is, you know, it's not, it's not where it could be. I mean, it's not like I'm, we're bad, but I'd like to draw closer to God. Well, let me tell you. You may pray one prayer and ask God to draw you closer, and that may, I'm not saying that God wouldn't answer that, but if you continue to pray daily, if you continue to set aside time for God, if you continue to get into the Word, and if you continue to be at church and, and, and maybe even find someone in your life who's uh, been walking with Christ for a while who can pour into you, and you do those things consistently, I'm going to tell you, you're going to reap a harvest. You're going to draw closer to God. I, I mean, if you said, man, I just, I want to know God's word more. I wish I knew, you know, I want to know, I want to be able to tell people about Christ, but I don't feel like I know the Bible. You know, if you just decided, with just 30 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day, you could read through the Bible in a year, no problem. If you just said, I'm going to read through the Bible this year, after one year, your understanding of Scripture would go, Wow you'd begin to see a lot more. If you did that again next year, it, I mean, it would just be beyond what you could imagine. In five years, I could tell you this because I've been around enough pastors to know. If you read the Bible through every year for five years, you'd have an understanding about God's word that goes beyond many pastors. You just have a depth. You'd have an understanding because you've been living there and because you continued and you're reaping and you're reaping and you're growing. So today... This is what I want us to talk about as we close. As we have just a time to respond is this. With all these things in mind, thinking about sowing and reaping, and we're gonna reap what we sow, we're gonna reap more than we sow, we can't give up, we've gotta keep going. I've got two questions, two reflection questions, and I put them in your notes as well, and I actually gave you a spot to write it down, and I'd encourage you actually right now to even pull out your notes if you grabbed a bulletin. Pull out the sermon notes real quick. And you'll notice on there, if you look inside, there's a spot at the bottom of the page, and it asks two questions. It's really simple. The first is this. What am I going to start sowing in response to this, in response to this word from the Lord? And the second is this. What am I going to stop sowing? And I want, to think, I want you to think about those four areas, Okay? And, and I'm not saying you need to pick one for all four, but I'm saying within those four, either maybe there's a personal thing I need to start or stop. Maybe there's something in my family I need to start or stop. Or at work, or at church, okay? So grab one of those and think about what do I need to start and what do I need to stop. And I want you, I really, I'm gonna challenge you to keep it to one thing apiece. Because here's why. We can totally overwhelm ourselves because there are endless things for each of us that we could be doing. There's an endless amount of things we could be doing. I mean, for instance, like I think of myself like, you know, this is why I struggle sometimes with New Year's resolutions because I'll try to just New Year's resolution my whole life, right? Like I'm gonna stop eating sweets, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start working out, you know, I'm gonna start running, I'm gonna start going to bed earlier, and I can, I can give myself five or six things, and then by day two, Aunt Melanie gives me some fudge, and I just say, eh, forget it. I just eat the fudge, you know? 
See, I gotta tell you, just a personal confession, this has been a bad week for me, right? I'm reaping what I've sown from eating. I've ate so much. I got some fudge, I got some pie, so please, I don't need any more sweets. I just gotta tell you that. But if you choose one thing to be intentional about, if you choose one thing to be intentional about stopping, start there. Once you get those things into a habit, then maybe consider some other things, okay? Now, if there's a sin you're, you're habitually, you know, participating in, that needs to be the thing you stop, right? That's what you need to stop sowing. But it could be smaller than that, really, like we talked about before. It could just be, you know what, where I work, it is kind of toxic, and I show up every day, and I have a bad attitude. I'm contributing to that. I'm going to stop doing that. It could be family, but what are some things you want to start sowing? Parents, maybe... Maybe you're saying, I want my kids, I really want my kids to know the Lord. I want them to have a, a closer walk with God. Maybe one thing you need to start sowing is just a time once a week or twice a week where you sit down as a family, you pray, you read, a, you read a passage, and you talk about it. Maybe you just do a family devotion. Maybe that's what you need to start sowing. And I, I can tell you, you do that one week, you're probably not going to see any results. You do that two weeks, three weeks, you do that for a month, you do that for six months, you do that for two years, you do that all throughout their high school, they're going to have a foundation and understanding of who God is, how he relates to us, and that we can trust him with things. So that's the question. At this time, I'm just going to have uh, Alyssa, if she could come forward uh, to play. And we're just going to have a time to respond. And, and I put those, I put those um, on your notes because I want you to write it down. I want you to write it down. If you, if you know of something right now, write it down. If you don't, think about it, pray about it. But I want you to put it down in writing because that'll help bring it to your mind. It'll help you say, I committed to start this. I committed to stop doing this. So all we're going to do as we close is I just want to give us a couple moments to reflect and just ask God because the new horizon God has for us is not independent of what we're sowing right now. What we're sowing is going to impact the future God has for us. And so, in these next few moments, you can come to the altar and pray if you'd like to. You can sit at your seat and just pray and ask God and write those things down. If you didn't grab sermon notes, grab it on the way up. But write them down. Share them, even share them with your spouse or share them with a loved one. Share them with someone you're sitting with so that you can remember, this is what I'm going to be intentional about because you will reap what you sow. You will reap more than you sow. So friends, let's not grow weary in doing good. Let's keep pressing on. In this passage, it says this, those who sow to the Spirit, those rewards aren't just temporary. It didn't say those who sow to the Spirit will reap the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about that. But it says they will reap eternal life. And today, what I'm asking you to do is to sow things in your life that you, your family, the decisions you can live with forever. Let's be intentional about that this morning. So at this time, altars are open if you want to come pray. We're just going to take just a couple minutes. You may just want to sit at your seat and do it. That's fine. Um, and then we'll close after that. But let's just pray. Father, we give you these next few moments. And Lord, we ask that you would help us 
to be intentional about sowing things into our lives and into the lives of those around us. Lord, that we can live with forever, that bring glory to your name. God, we believe you have great things in store. And so, Father, would you speak to us? Would you reveal to us those things that you would like us to begin sowing and to stop sowing into our lives? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.